1: The Sporting Capital with Sam Hargraves on SEN. Uh, the Tuesday after grand finals, so still plenty to swipe on. We'll do some footy Tinder tonight. Uh, and then a chat I had with Joel by brother Troy in the rooms after Saturday's win by the Cats and Laurie Horish to talk NFL. Yes indeed. welcome to the Sporting Capital. Hope you've had as good a day as you possibly can, however you've been putting it in, wherever you've been putting it in. It is great to have you on board tonight, and you can get on board tonight by calling the Harcourts Open Line, one 736 736 your move, your Harcourts. So if you've been listening to the Macca's Run for Trade Radio when we go to utilise the different phone number, we're back to the normal phone number on the Harcourts Open Line. For all things real estate, speak to Harcourts. For all things sport, Bring and have a chat to me, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 736 You can text in on the 40 Wings temper text, consumer choice winner, temper mattresses, pillows and adjustable bases conforms to the exact shape of your body. Speaking of our very good friends at Macca's, they just give and give and give this mob. Macca's on your team is back supporting local community sporting clubs across Victoria and Tasmania for your sporting club's chance to receive... A $1,500 grant, simply go to visit mcdonalds.com.au slash Maccas on your team and download the Cinefly app to submit your video application. mcdonalds.com.au slash Maccas on your team. All you need is your phone and a bit of creativity. I'm sure you've got both those things. Uh, There are 153 grants available to any community sporting organisations based in Victoria and Tassie that have over 500, sorry, that have under 500 participants, under 500 participants. Hurry, deadline to apply is Friday, the 30th of September in 2022. Coming up on the show, I didn't get to play it last night, but I really wanted to, uh, proud brother of Joel Selwood, one of his three brothers, Troy Selwood. I had a chat to him in the rooms after the Cats 81-point win over the Swans in the 2022 grand final Saturday evening. Well, the game was in the day. The conversation was in the evening, and we'll get to that i'm sure uh, in footy tinder and then laurie Horris is going to wrap up round three of nfl action from espn um, but on a tuesday night there's always plenty to swipe about let's do this on the sporting capital it's time to start swiping with footy tinder jordan Canales joins me to always set the table um he is essentially our, our footy tinder app <laughs> yes. he puts up what we're swiping about and we swipe left if we disagree and right if we agree. Some of the biggest statements made by the biggest names in the game. We swap left to disagree. We swap right if you agree. You can get involved. one three seven three six seven three six 736 736 We can text in zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. JK, hello.
2: Hello. That's me. I just swan in on a Tuesday night and play some footy games, footy Tinder.
1: Ah, uh, it's good fun. I,
2: I enjoy it. Uh where are we starting this week, please? Let's start off with the grand final, but in particular about the uh, the ratings and the uh well, the discussion around a night grand final. Here's Sam Edmund and Jared Whateley.
0: Well, it was the ratings that bombed, not the gag. What about the ratings? A million, <laughs> a million fewer. The Seven Chief, James Walton, said, Look, we'll always support the decisions the AFL makes for the fans, but the numbers and the comparisons are clear for all to see to support a primetime AFL grand final.
2: That will be the last afternoon grand final. I- I'm amazed by the surprise around the ratings drop, as if no one understands how television works. More people watch in primetime. That's why it's called primetime. We had two night grand finals when more people watched. The obligation of the code is to have the maximum number of people watch the biggest game of the year. And it was the highest rating September on record. And then we bowed to outdated convention and returned to the afternoon with the red share and the viewership collapsed. That was The sad. grand final should never again start before 4.30 and the cup should never be presented in anything other than under lights. That was Sam Edmund and Jared Waitley yesterday. The AFL, Sam, would be serving the best interest of footy fans by starting the grand final later. Left if you disagree. Right if you. want
1: Oh, now the statement's interesting because it, it would depend on which footy fans you speak to. But uh, I'm going to swipe right on this and almost to the point of super like. Whether you want a day, whether you want a night grand final or a twilight grand final or not, bad luck because it's coming it is absolutely coming and you can't argue with the numbers so people will hear jared say it's a million less viewers than last year and they'll say no nah, covid doesn't count covid 2 years covid we had nothing to do we had nowhere to be what you're not listening to is the part where jared says this year's final series all played under lights is the highest rated that there's been so record ratings this year in finals that were played at night time so the, that's where the covid argument falls down because the ratings of the finals when we're out of COVID and allowed to go wherever we want and do whatever we're, be wherever we want to be are the best that there's been. So if you want the TV broadcasters to shell out $4.5 billion that's going to be reinvested into the game in a number of different ways, then they have to get something back at some point. That's just how investment works. They need to make money back and they sell... Ads for more in prime time. Yes, they give a bump to advertising during grand finals, but they can get more back in prime time slots. Why, why do you think the ratings were down this year, though? the The grand final ratings were down.
2: Yeah, yeah, I'm saying. But why do you think they were?
1: Um, like there there, is there could be any number, but when they they measure it on the peak, so when was when what was the peak number that it hit, and it was a million less. So. Yeah. It could have been any number of things. To Sydney, people say, oh, it's a Sydney team. Well, no, Sydney have been in two of the highest rating grand finals of all time, 2016 and was it 96? Yeah, I think it was 96. So it's not that. It could be because it was one-sided, but there's been one-sided grand finals. Before. I mean, last year was one-sided. I mean, yes, with a quarter and a half to go, it got one-sided. Yep. So they would have kept an audience pretty well through to most of that game. Mm-hmm. Um, it could have been that. Um I think there's going to be a lot of people look for finicky excuses in all of this. But at the end of the day, it's coming. Whether you like it or not, it's coming.
2: I, I don't think the reason that they would move to a night grand or a twilight grand final. Are we night twilight grand first? final. Yeah, and yeah. I, I would much rather a twilight grand final if it was to move. I don't think a night grand final would suit. But a twilight grand
1: final. Yeah, okay I love with. the idea of a twilight. Let's just see how it goes. Yeah. Can't we just see how it goes for a year? If you're confident that it's all COVID, the ratings, if you're confident that that's why it is, let's just give it a run. Oh, no, it, it definitely is. Like, there's a, if you look year by year
2: on the grand final ratings, uh, there was a clear spike. So from pretty much, I'm looking at them now, from pretty much 20... Oh, pretty much the last 15 years it's been 2. point something 2.7 2.6 is about the average it, it it sort of floated along that then it bumped up to 3 for 2016 as you mentioned before 2.6 2.6, 2.6 dropped to 2.2 in 2019 then spiked to 3 and 3 so 3.0 3.0 mm-hmm. in the two covid years and back down to 2.1 i think it was so there was a clear jump up in in the in the covid years but in the the last few years, so 2019 in particular, and then now into 2022, as things have gone back to normal, I don't think the, the 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 plummet isn't because it's simply because it's in the day. You might maximise numbers if it's at night, but I, I think you'll have the same amount of eyeballs either way because it now is. How the do you explain that
1: the finals in the lead up to this had more eyes on it than there had ever been, and all of those were played at night? Well, the, I I don't know what the numbers of those of those games are, but the fact that they well I were would higher. I would bet lefty on the fact that Jared does, otherwise he wouldn't go on air with it because he's a most well researched and well prepared person. I think that's in football, but
2: I don't think I don't think the game is damaging the possibility of the amount of eyeballs on the grand final just because they played in the day. People are going to watch regardless. It's the grand final. It's not unexpected. necessarily.
1: Not if they can't because of the, the daytime time slot. A lot of people work on Saturdays. It's just not it, as Jared said, it's prime time for a reason. More people watch TV at night if they're going to watch something live than any other time of the day. That's just... that's We've got the numbers that show that. One other reason why the numbers might be a little lower before we move
2: on to our next topic is because of streaming. I think a lot of people would have been watching on smart TV devices. 7 Plus had the game. Don't they count that? I, I don't know. I'm fairly sure they count that do when they? they do the overall. Okay. Yeah. Oh, well, I'll stand to be corrected then. Um... Let's go to uh, Matthew Lloyd, who spoke about Jordan D'Agoi. But I think Jordan would be making a horrible decision if he if he went to another club out of Collingwood, who know him better than anybody, uh, and, and are challenging him like this. And if you or his manager say, you know what, Jordan, they're putting these claws in for a reason. At this stage, they can't fully trust you. Collingwood is the best option for Jordan D'Agoi to keep him on the straight and narrow from this point on in his career.
1: Uh, yeah, swipe right, swipe right. They have been loyal and to a lot of people loyal to a fault, Collingwood yeah, with jordan degoey this i 'm not going to make this a personal because i don 't ever get personal with anybody because everyone 's human beings, every people make mistakes, people have their people have their own priorities i 've always thought that that Jordan degoey never struck me as someone who was obsessed with football in the way that maybe a Scott Pendlebury is le- he 's not a Tuke Miller type to leave no stone unturned he doesn 't mm-hmm. go away from the game thinking how I could be better. Uh, at the game, so it's not as big a priority for him, and that's okay. I have no drama with that at all. But at some point, you need to give back. At some point in life, when people are continuing to do you favours, to stand by you, to look after you, to support you, um, to be understanding of you, to be there for you, to even pick you above an Adam Trelaw. At this stage, it looks like a Brodie Grundy, who never put a foot wrong that we know about in their time at, at Collingwood. But they're, and it's not as simple and linear as that. But essentially, they make contract decisions, and at the top end, you've only got enough. You can't pay everybody eight fifty, nine hundred to a million dollars. So you've got to make big decisions on the five, six, or seven players that you pay that money to. They've chosen him above others, and they've made a, a decision about Brody Grundy. They're regretting that now. The money involved and looking to get out of it. At some point, you have to go. You know what? As Matty Lloyd said. That wouldn't be in there. Those clauses wouldn't be in there if I hadn't have made some choices that I've made. So it's not just like that was just, this was sprung on him, and, and if it was, then I would say that is unfair. But also they have to answer to their membership, Collingwood, and there are many members who think, well, why do we keep persisting? Yes, he had a great final series, but two top ten finishes, he'll probably get another one this year. But it hasn't been a great return, a massive return on investment yet, and he's been well paid for a long time. At some point, you got to meet at least—not even halfway. What are you, what? And Kane Corns made the point. What are you sacrificing? So we're sacrificing our reputation. We're sacrificing other players. We're sacrificing some goodwill towards us because we're backing you in. What are you sacrificing back for us?
2: Would he would he feel like Collingwood are backing him in though? If they're putting clauses in his contract to protect themselves, there's a whole history that they've
1: backed him in. They 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 took a four year deal off the table. But in this, after in what this happened moment, have added another right,
2: year in this moment right now, they're safeguarding themselves to go. Well, if you bugger up again, we we have a clause there that can do whatever the clause says. Can't
1: and and whilst the AFLPA is that reassuring statement. Oh. <laughs> I, I, know the, the, I know the I, money would look what, reassuring, but the, there's... If I was the club, I'd say, we're giving you five years and all you have to do is not get into trouble again. That's all you have to do. So I don't know the specifics of the term. Sam Edmonds said today that there is a coverall that says, if we feel like you've stepped out of line again, we can end it whenever we see fit. But you know what? They could have ended it many times and have stuck with you. So why don't you just show a little bit of that back to them? A little bit. If Collingwood had made the grand
2: final this year, would we be saying that he had given a bit back to the Pies? Because he's he's the preliminary final he went missing, but the the first two finals they played, he was he was in the bests on on both counts. So he was performing in the in the at the time of the year that Collingwood needed him to perform in finals in the first two weeks, anyway.
1: Right. So so would
2: we have said that actually? So he, let's
1: take those those let's take those finals games. And let's take 2018 finals games. And if we think that those five or six games um, that he's given up and they were elite level in those final series, is that the fair trade-off, is it? We'll put up with everything we've put up for you. And so far, you've given us this amount of good games. and yet, But we've overpaid you for a while now. We've stuck by you. And now what we're asking you to do is give us some assurances back the other way. I know David King says, don't sign it, Jordy. But I think the fans and I think the fans would just love him even more. The ones that are big fans would love him even more to go, look at this bloke. He, 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 we all stuff up in life and I'm not going to, again, have a go at because how hypocritical are we all so often when we point the finger at someone else because we think we're perfect and oh look at them. That's that they're terrible. But how endearing would that be, do you think, to the Collingwood Army for him to go, you know what? Yeah, I'll sign that looking after me with long-term security, fantastic money, mm. yeah, I'll meet you there. Yeah. I'll meet you there because, you know what, you've had my back, I'm going to have yours. They'd love him forever Yeah, for that. that's fair. Uh, Joel Selwood,
2: um, is, oh, let's have a listen to uh, him speaking on the emotion of the grand final. I
0: don't know. To be honest, the day got me a little bit. It's just um, been building for it for so long um, and just... I'll, to be honest, probably thinking about the people that have been a part of the journey, been a part of the programs, um, that hopefully are sitting back really proud.
2: Two-parter, Joel Selwood, number one. Is he
1: now the greatest cat in history? Um, yeah, I'll swipe right because, again, for to encompass everything about what makes you the, like, so it, the conversation is really Gary Ablett, senior, junior, polyfarmer. Yep and and Joel Selwood and I would just say on resume on service on community so everything that he has been for the 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 team the club the town I, I think you can swat right on that because it's we we aren't, we're just talking about Jordan we it's just it's more now than just what you were as a player I think yeah it's what mark you leave on the club and, and Polly's is hard to shake because there are people at Geelong that say that the whole DNA of Geelong, Polly Farmer is at the heart of the DNA of what makes Geelong Geelong. Mm-hmm. I, I think you would comfortably have those two on because they are everything that Geelong wants to be and is in Polly Farmer and Joel Selwood. So yeah, you can swat right on. And I that. think
2: this is a different category to who's the best player. Absolutely. To who's the Who's who's the most skilled player to who's the player who's served the club the best? So the two ablets will be the best players skill-wise, but as to who's served the club the best, then it's I think it's between Selwood and, and Polly
1: Farmer. Yeah. And the other part is, does he retire now? A great way to go out, isn't it? Yeah. It's, I mean, Shane Crawford went out after winning his first premiership mm-hmm. uh, 300 game of Brownlow medalist. Joel doesn't have the Brownlow. He's come close a couple of times. Uh, There's no better way to go out. Premiership captain, um, Jim Stein's medalist, you've provided some moments on a grand final day that'll live on forever. You've got every bit out of yourself and more. You've given every ounce of yourself and more to, again, the team, the club, the town, the game. He's an ambassador for so many different things that we don't even realise, Joel Selwood. Um, He'll keep doing great work in footy after footy's done on the field. Oh, I don't ever like <laughs> retiring
2: people because it's no. not my
1: place to do it. And if but, and like, if I, his
2: body, if he feels like his body can play another year, then why wouldn't he? But I don't know. It's does he like the fairy tale, or does he want to?
1: Uh, does he want to play another year? Because very rarely he do you get to write your own the, to have the fairy tale ending. That's a fairy tale ending. Yeah. So do you take that, or do you roll the dice and say we might go again back to back? But you cannot think of a better way to go out than what what he has just done, and. As Jared said in the commentary, the signature moment was his banana. Yeah. Um, we'll take a break, come back, more footy tinder on the other side of this on the Sporting Capital. You're listening to the Sporting Capital with Sam Hargraves on SEN.
2: Maybe in the coming days or early next week, um, Hawthorne Footy Club have been awesome for me. They've given me the time and the space and, uh, to make a call.
1: Obviously, a lot, of, a lot of challenges this year for myself and my family, and, and we're just making the right call all together and, and what's going to be best for us going forward. Jack Gunston uh, on where his future lies. So the next couple of days, we're expecting the three-time Premiership hawk to make a call on whether or not he stays at Hawthorne or heads north uh, to connect uh, with Brisbane. Uh, We're playing some footy Tinder on a Tuesday night. Jordan Kanellis is is here with us. Just a couple off the text, Jordan, before we come back and do a couple more and then uh, hear the chat I had with Troy Selwood uh, in the rooms after Geelong's win. Uh, Pies have a few options with Dagoe. Either change the clauses to get him to sign or let him go for nothing as they won't even get free agency compensation with McStay coming in, cancelling that out. That's the other thing too. Yeah. Unless would do a trade for Dan McStay, but that, he, they wouldn't get much, if anything, in terms of compensation because of what they get um, for the McStay trade, um, which would then be... Uh, that would be, sh- that would be um, shafting them twice. If you Jordan to Goey, Once not signing, and then two costing them compensation for you when you left. That, so that
2: would be seen as the compensation to go out, yeah, McStay in. That would be seen yeah.
1: uh, as that. The grand final was over before halftime. The last two grand finals would be between two Victorian clubs. Sample size of one game is pathetic, guys. That's from Andrew. Some strong stuff there on the day versus Twilight Grand Final. Uh, when we come back, more footy Tinder you can get involved. One three hundred seven three six seven three six on the Harcourts Open Line. Uh, footy Tinder on a Tuesday night. I'm wondering whether we need to change to cricket Tinder in the next couple of weeks. Uh, Jordan yeah. Canales is here, although it's trade period, so we'll get a bit more. Okay, so a bit it's more not, mileage. not the
2: last footy tinder. No, nah, I
1: wouldn't have thought okay. so. I <laughs> wouldn't have thought so. Um, Laurie Horris should join us to talk NFL uh, pretty soon. And then my chat with Troy Selwood after Geelong's grand final win, uh, Charles, one of his two older brothers. Uh, Where are we going to next, JK? Brenton Sanderson on AFL Trade
2: Radio spoke about the possibility of Cam Rayner maybe being a trade option for the Lions.
0: Could Brisbane, I know you talked about their points and losing draft picks, could they
2: offer up someone like Cam Rayner? Future, uh, cool. a past first rounder. Would you trade Cam Rayner? Well, if you get need points if oh. and you've got a stacked midfield, he, he, he doesn't go in the midfield much, Cam Rayner. And you've got those the dogs would be happy with in.
0: that.
2: Well, that's the thing Cam Rayner, like he's a, he's a sensational young player, but hasn't quite got the tank to go through the midfield. Could we see him back in Melbourne? Get him home. So, with Will Ashcroft, Jasper Fletcher, and in particular Josh Dunkley seemingly on the way in, Brisbane won't have room for Cam Rayner. Uh,
1: SWAT left and delete Tinder. <laughs> no way are they. And Matt Rendell flagged this last week uh, as well um, yes. on uh, SENSA. No way will they get rid of uh, a bloke they drafted with pick one, who's just come back this year from a knee injury and came back a better player than he had been in the in the years before. Yep. He will be even better next year. He will go more into the middle more often. But he will be for them what essentially, you know, Jake Stringer. His uh, tank will get better, so he'll be a bit like a, a... He'll go he will be a clearance and goal player. He will win centre clearances for you and he will kick goals. He's great in the air. Uh, he's a match winner. He has match-winning capabilities and you do not trade those players. Swipe yeah. left, delete Tinder, no more dating.
2: I, <laughs> I'd have to agree. Cam Rainer's the, the kind of X-Factor player you need. When Brisbane yeah. were looking like they were lacking a bit of X-Factor coming into well, the last couple of mm. finals... He was the one that brought it um, and he can, he and, can and was, jump and, up a level and as well. Was it the
1: first final that he was probably the, the match winner for them or was it in a game just before the finals where he kicked four? I think it was just before the finals. Against St Kilda. Um, yeah, yeah that, that was just before finals. But he was the ma- that's that's just a glimpse. Yep. And finally, player agent Colin
2: Young speaking about Rory Lobb.
3: We we know where it sits and we're just hoping that if you know Jackson goes to Fremantle, there's an opportunity where... Rory can help Fremantle get Lan Jackson by way of maybe picks that can help him. And it's going to be great for Fremantle if they do get Jackson, because he's probably going to set them up for the next 10 years. So we're just hoping that there is an opportunity along the way where we can jump on a trade that assists Fremantle.
2: So Rory Lobb, if he gets to the Western Bulldogs, is he the
1: player that can change the Western Bulldogs? Oh, uh, any player coming in changes you, just about whether it makes you, changes you for the better. Is he the player to change uh, them for the better? No, with all due respect, I'd swap left on that. He was their best yeah. forward this year and their most consistent key forward.
2: Yeah.
1: I just, I'm a bit like everybody else. I'm not going to add anything new to this other than it's, I, I just don't get it. I don't, it's, yeah. When I look at the Western Bulldogs and maybe I'm missing something, but I don't see that that's their need. When key players are such a hard... Um, such
2: a hard sort of asset to acquire. The Western Bulldogs have. I've got three key forwards. I've got Norton yeah. and Jamari Uglehagen and Josh Bruce, who are all who've all had. And great throw Sam Darcy in there now
1: too. And Darcy, Tim English can go forward. They need key defenders, not key forwards. That's my thoughts. Yeah, oh, we on the same page. Uh, same page. Hey, nice little footy Tinder. Well done. Good well hustle done to all you. around. Uh, <laughs> After the grand final win for the Cats on Saturday against the Swans, 81 points, uh, I had the pleasure of catching up with James Kelly, Mitch Duncan, Joel Selwood. Didn't get to play the chat I had with Troy Selwood. Proud older brother moment. I just thought it would be a, a great chat to bring to you. Um... I wasn't able to do it last night. But this is Troy Selwood, uh, twins with Adam Selwood, who was a premiership player at the West Coast Eagles. Troy was drafted to the Brisbane Lions and played there. He was as courageous a player as you'll see. Injuries crueled his career. Still involved in footy in Geelong. Uh, and uh, I caught up with him after the win. As uh, so I continue just to scour through the rooms, I've seen one of Bendigo's finest. and uh, Troy Selwood's been good enough to have a quick little chat. To Hello, mate. Have a quick,
0: have a quick little chat. Mate, very proud day for your family. I've got no doubt. Yeah, oh mate, we're obviously we're so proud of Joel. Um, he had an amazing, he's had an amazing career, um, and the last ten years it's just been a fitting result for him to be able to be called a premiership captain. I know that premierships don't define careers, but I think he deserves this and. Um, and yeah, we're just absolutely we're absolutely pumped for him.
1: So who of the family have come down today? And I'm sure one thing that your parents would love is it how rare it is for them not to have to drive all around the countryside to see one of you play, that you can all be in the one spot together.
0: Well that, that's it. Well, mum and dad they moved to Geelong about four or five years ago to to take away the trip from Bendigo. So he from. is the favourite, isn't he? He is the favourite. <laughs> Mind you that at the time there was myself and Scott also in Geelong yes. and that the first thing they said to us was. Don't go leaving Geelong the moment we come. But um, now, nah, look, we're all here. Um, yeah, it's a special occasion. We do, we don't know what Joel's future plans are, but we um, if, if this was his last occasion on an AFL field, then um, he, he deserves he deserves all the accolades and he deserves the game he played. I thought he played a, a really clean, crisp game. Um, he's played a tremendous role this year and um and finished it with an exclamation mark. Well, it was a typical Joel game because when it was at its hottest in the first quarter, he was the best player on
1: the ground. Probably, I think he had ten or twelve in that quarter. And if anyone wants to know why he's as tough as he is, well, I've always said it's because he's had two older brothers, himself yeah. and Adam,
0: that used to beat him to a pulp in the backyard. Well, we, Adam and I used to always say, even when we were teenagers, "Do as I say, not as I do," because he used to he used to find a way to. Um, be able to be a little bit more talented very early on in our days, but um, but yeah, look, we I think I think having us in the system have always, has always helped him. But he was always going to be a superstar, no matter no matter what what laid before him, which, whatever AFL club he got to. But I only said today to someone that Geelong's been the perfect fit for Joel, but Joel's also been the perfect fit for Geelong. It's just worked hand in hand, and um, sometimes the draft results in luck and, and they found one another and um, it's been an amazing ride what have you what's been the biggest growth in him as a person not just a player in his
1: time at Geelong and maybe even in his time as captain
0: I, I just think um, I think it's always been a strength of his but he's just so incredibly aware of people around him and people talk about bringing people with him. And, and what you saw today about the Ablett family and also just his small gesture of giving an Auskick player uh, his footy boots, yeah. he's just a kid, he's just someone who gets it. What he did with Levi Ablett was yeah. just beautiful. Oh. And, but but th- that just comes, that's not that's not forced, that's just genuine, that sort of stuff. And he's the one who gets on the phone on a Monday and says to Gary Ablett, hey, I've got a plan and I'd love to do this. Like. It's it just comes naturally to him, and, and that they're the things when I've been able to spend the last decade with him at the Geelong Footy Club that I'm most proud of. Like the Saturday stuff, yep. that's that comes that comes second nature to him. But but the um but the Monday to Friday stuff, the 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 people, the the connection stuff, that's that's incredible. And whatever happens going forward, if 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 that's if that goes, if he, if he decides to retire, then. Yeah, it's a big it's a big shoe to fill.
1: Even the announcement a few weeks ago that they're expecting their first and to read the post that he put out there, and one of the first things he wanted to do was get around people who were struggling to be able to fall pregnant. And my partner yeah. and I went through IVF and we both text each other almost simultaneously having seen it. That yeah. how good is that how good is that text? How good is that moment that not only did he want to share their happiness, but he wanted to give comfort, but also support and and, and give a, a spark and
0: inspiration to those who are still struggling in that space. Oh, mate. And like deep down, there's been years and years and years of, of um, challenges for Joel and Britt, but, um, but they just wanted to share their happiness and their opportunity and how grateful they are. But but again, it's it's about all everything about Joel is about the journey and the people that are going through this journey with him, and um, and yeah, a small post like that it might be he might see it as a small gesture, but it touches thousands upon thousands. So um, so yeah. So again, he, he's just a special human being. Well, mate,
1: the whole Selwood family have done Bendigo very proud and have done their game very proud. So thanks for sharing in what this has been like for you guys as a family. Greatly appreciate it. Go and celebrate. Thanks, Sammy. Cheers, mate.
0: Thanks.
1: That's lovely, mate. He's a good man. Troy Selwood, one of the older brothers of Joel. Just giving us an insight into how the family were feeling after what he was able to achieve with the Cats on Saturday. The 81-point win over the Swans. His fourth premiership, his first as Geelong captain. Just add it to a a resume that's uh, well, one of the most impressive of his generation of players. Uh, When we come back, Laurie Horish is going to wrap up week three of NFL action. That's to finish us off on the Sporting Capital on a Tuesday night. Uh, good luck to the Opals tonight, their final group stage game of the FIBA Women's World Cup uh, being played in Sydney at the moment. If they win this game against Japan at 8.30 tonight, they should finish top of their group. They're already qualified for the quarterfinals. Good news is Beck Allen, their leading scorer, uh, escaped serious injury, with that rib injury, and they're being very well led by Sammy Whitcomb and Izzy Magbagor having a great tournament as well. We'll keep following that with great interest Week three, NFL action, some massive results this week and fascinating to think that there's only two undefeated teams and no one would have had Miami and Philadelphia being the only two undefeated teams. You may have had Houston, you wouldn't have had Las Vegas, though, as being the two teams without a win, but it's an even season. Laurie Horish, ESPN's NFL reporter, always so generous with his time, has been good enough to jump on to give us his top three results from week three. Laurie, hello, mate. Great to be with you. Uh, starting with number one, or start with number three, your your top three results from the round. Where do you want to start?
3: Let's start with the Jacksonville Jaguars and them absolutely dismantling the LA Chargers. I mean, for the Chargers, you know, 38 to 10, for the Chargers, a team that is so talented on paper that another season that looks like it may very well be defined by injuries, 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 and injuries. If you picked three players that you would not want to see them hurt, this season, It'd probably be Sean Slater, their uh, stud young left tackle, mm. um, protecting Justin Herbert. Then it'd be Justin Herbert, he'd be number one, um, who's dealing with awful, awful, uh, you know, tough, nasty um, injury to his, his kind of rib area. Um, Sean Slater has been lost to the season, uh, it looks like lost to the season with torn, a tear in his biceps region. And then Joey Bosa looks like he's got a very serious groin um, injury as well. Those would be probably the top three, and that's what we're looking at more injuries, and that's not the limit to it. On the other side of the ball, though, whilst it's misery for the Chargers, Jacksonville Jaguars have got this thing going in the right direction. Trevor Lawrence is the absolute real deal. We had our Brecky NFL show today on ASPN, on, on our socials and YouTube, and uh, my claim is that we're going to be looking at Trevor Lawrence as a top-six quarterback by the time this season's over. You can do the math as who might be bumping in or who might be bumping out of that top six, but that's what we're dealing with with. A, a second-year quarterback who has to do a lot of maturing um, not only, not, not you know, uh, shots at him, but considering the absolute mayhem and mess that he oh, had it to was deal a dumpster to deal with last
1: year. Absolute dumpster fire, lorry. To go there in your first year and have to put up with that.
3: Completely unprofessional. Dumpster fire sums it up perfectly, but now they've got adults in the room in Doug Peterson in his Super Bowl ring. They've mm. invested in his protection in front of him on the offensive line. A double-headed monster in the backfield with James Robinson and, and Travis Etienne. Uh, and they don't have explosive wide receivers, but... You know, he's making it work with Christian Kirk, Zay Jones and Marvin Jones. So uh, all credit to that operation that really has it pointed in the right direction. Anytime you've got good running backs, good work on the defensive front, good work on the offensive line and a talented quarterback, even without star power at wide receiver, you're probably looking at a 9-10 win sort of season.
1: Number two?
3: Oof, number two. Now, I'm umming and ahhing here, but let's say, <laughs> you know what? The Baltimore Ravens getting it done. Um, against New England Patriots. Well, this isn't a high-flying Patriots team, and um, this is a Patriots team that certainly has had its issues on who on, who on earth is, is running the offense and what's the vision, what's going on here. And Mac Jones suffers a, a nasty, what sounds like a really nasty ankle injury. Mm. Um, the story here is Lamar Jackson. This is your MVP front runner. Ooh. This is someone who cannot stop accounting for touchdowns. He's the first quarterback to have two games with three-plus passing touchdowns, 100 yards on the ground. Um, that is, it's him, and it's daylight. Um, he is a, a, as rare a, a talent as we've seen. He's adding to the, the layers of his passing game and maturing so beautifully. And Last year, with all the injuries that they underwent in Baltimore, um, especially in the offensive line, the trick and the, the the word got out on Lamar and the offense, blitz him, send bodies, send tape, light him up, send lots of numbers after the quarterback, and they cannot handle it. They were near bottom of the league in handling the Blitz and their production versus the Blitz. Well, he's completely corrected that, so much so that in week three against the Blitz, all four of his touchdown passes came against the Blitz. He's showing growth. He's showing that next level as a passer, and we all know what an electrifying talent he is on the ground. So that would be number two for me. The Ravens getting a nice big victory over an injury and a limping uh, Patriots team. 37-26 to
1: 26, that win. Four touchdowns in the air and one on the ground for Lamar Jackson. But getting some nice protection. Daniel Lele, <laughs> the Aussie, with <laughs> yeah, the Baltimore Daniel. Ravens. Yeah. It's a great story and he's performing really well. Hey, we're running short of time, mm. but I just wanted to throw in the Aussie mm. there. And your number one result from the round three action, Laurie?
3: Oh, look, can't go past the Miami Dolphins. Narrow two-point win. 21-19 to 19 against the Buffalo Bills. Defence stepping up late um, and Tua and was showing. Oh, I tell you what, he should have been out in the. Se- he should have been out there in the second half mm. with uh, after copying that nasty knock. And some, there is an investigation into the handling, the kind of concussion protocol that he went through to get cleared. But this Miami Dolphins team is for real. They have a vision under Mike McDaniel. They're putting Tua Loa in position to succeed with speed, speed, speed on offense and a lot of playmaking on defense. The superstar that you may not know his name, but you need to. Javon Holland, safety for the Miami Dolphins. As good as they come, he will be an all-pro this season.
1: I'll tell you what, and when the game was on the line, Josh Allen, who had played so well, two TDs, 400 yards, mm. just could not connect with a receiver and get the win. Hey, um, we're pretty much short of time, Laurie, but always so generous with yours. We greatly appreciate it. Of course, uh, the, uh, the the Dallas Cowboys got the win today. Their replacement QB, <laughs> Cooper Rush, is now 3-0 and in his career and has won their last two games uh, after Dak Prescott went down injured. So it's a good result for them over the previously undefeated Giants. So they go 2-1 and one now. Mate, we'll catch up with you during the course of the season. Uh, thanks again for this evening.
3: I absolutely look forward to joining you again soon. Uh,
1: Laurie Horish, ESPN, uh, their ESPN reporter in Australia. It's great to have his, the access to him, and he is just an encyclopedia uh, with his stats and... Um, his awareness of everything that's going on. He's a human NFL dictionary. Uh, When we come back, time for Off the Tee, a dedicated golf program, part of the Sporting Capital on SCN.
2: For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com.